0: Good morning! You're listening to WZLY 91.5 FM, uh, Wellesley College, Massachusetts. Good morning, everyone! Welcome to my show, Cognitive Dissident. My name is Kalyani Saxena. Um, And are you guys ever just having one of those mornings? Because I sure am. I, For people who don't know me, though I assume only my parents are listening to this, um, I am a little type A. And I set like six alarms. I set them an hour in advance. I usually have all my stuff ready the night before. Okay, maybe that's a bit of a lie. But I definitely am moderately prepared for what's coming. Um, However, (laughs) today, I guess the snowstorm messed up my type A vibes because I kid you not, I woke up 15 minutes ago at 8.45, Yeeted myself out of bed, <laughs> did not have time to look for a single piece of decent clothing slash brush my hair. I definitely look a lot like a raccoon right now. Um, and, you know, had to run through the snow. For those of you who don't live in Massachusetts, well, everyone who lives it. In- Whatever. The point is, I um, and it's beautiful outside, and I was just having one of those like rocky moments where I was like slow mo running through the piles of snow to make it to this radio show because I did not put all this research in for no one to listen because I overslept. Um, so I look a lot like a yeti. Um, I have not eaten breakfast, I am also slightly dehydrated, and my computer, guess what, is dying on battery. So I'm going to be attempting to do my show from my phone, which doesn't, isn't big enough to have the whole um, text on it. So please, please be patient with me as I pray that my laptop computer does not die. Thank you. <laughs> okay, on to the actual um, material for this show. Also, shout out to Lake 305. I love you guys, and I'm so happy that you're listening. Thanks to Lake 305 and my parents for being my audience this fine, fine, snowy morning. Um, so today, today's episode is called Testimonies and Trailblazers. I'm sure if you have been following the news, you can... Uh, You can guess what the first part is about. Um, For those of you who don't know, Michael Cohen testified in front of Congress. Um, Oh, my God. My computer is on 3%. I have 14 minutes. Okay. Um, Give me one second while I figure this out because I – in my rush, I did not take my computer charger. Also, for those of you who are listening to this as a podcast afterwards, I apologize for this slight (laughs) – Detour. You know, I actually don't think there's anything I can do, so we're just going to live on the edge like this. Um, So, Michael Cohen testified in front of Congress on Wednesday, and I'm going to do a little breakdown for what that meant um, and see if I can do it in 14 minutes. Let's cross your fingers, cross your toes, hold your hose because this is coming. Alright, so, um, as always, here are my list of sources, The New York Times, my lovely, lovely favorite, Um, The Hill, which I applied for and haven't heard back from, Um, The Hill, get back to me, Vox, NPR, and CNN, all of which I have applied for, so please get back to me, you guys, I'm waiting on pins and needles. And so, before I begin, I just want to get into some quick background information about Michael Cohen, because... Listen, this Trump affair is—it's a big—it's a big mess. We don't really know. If you're not totally tuned in, there's a lot of names flying around, like Paul Manafort, Michael Cohen, and I'm sorry. Sometimes they all sound like the same name. Maybe it's because I'm tired. Maybe it's because they're old, Um, (laughs) or they have these names that seem like they should be part of something else. But Michael Cohen was Trump's. Long-time former lawyer. They were like BFFs. They had he had been in the family for a really long time. He had worked with Trump for a really long time and was like super super loyal to him. At one point, he even said, "I would take a bullet for him," which I can't say that I would do the same, Michael Cohen. But good for you. So this he was he was Team Trump, rah rah Team Trump, pretty much all the way until. Um in December he was sentenced to 3 years in federal prison after he made statements um after he pleaded guilty to get ready guys tax evasion campaign finance violations and making false financial statements and then on top of that he got like an extra few months because he pleaded guilty to lying to congress <laughs> in 2017 about the timing of a Trump Tower project in Russia, which I'll get into a little bit later. So my dude really did. He's going to prison for a little bit. Also, can we talk about how he had so many different violations and is only going to prison for three years? Like, I'm not going to pretend I know what the exact law behind this is because I don't. I'm not Elle Woods. But, you, you know, like black people get such huge sentences for like, being found with, like, weed in their car or something along those lines, and sometimes it's not even, pla- like, obviously it's not as simple as that, but, like, you have to admit there's something a little weird about, like, wow, this dude did a lot. He literally lied to Congress, and he's got three years. So that's a nice, I guess you could say, like, a, a small summer vacation comparatively. Anyway, so... He had told Congress in 2017 that the Trump Tower project had ended early in the campaign and that he hadn't really talked about it with anyone else and that he definitely hadn't talked about the Russian government about it. Uh, surprising no one, all of that was false. So the discussions actually continued into June 2016. I think by that point, Trump had already become the, the primary. Um, he'd already won the primary, so he was the Republican Party's nominee. And he, um, was, hello, (laughs) he, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, so he, Trump was not supposed to be involved in this, but according to Michael Cohen, who admitted that he lied, he had actually still been involved with this Trump tower in Russia, and he had talked to Trump about it. So he uh, a lot of also some of his crimes we're not done talking about his crimes by the way he's got a lot of them. He also said uh, was in sentence for arranging payments during the 2016 election to silence women who claimed affairs with Trump. So more on that later. So Some of you, I'm not sure how much background you know, but Robert Mueller is the one um, who's investigating Russia's interference in the 2016 election. He's like the big bad wolf in Trump's world. Um, Democrats think he's going to be their savior. I'm not so sure what the report is going to say. The report should be coming out soon. I don't know if the general public will get to see it, but um, he's the one who's investigating um, Trump, and slowly Trump's inner circle has been... um, kind of narrowed in on and Cohen had the longest sentence to date like he's got three years like that's the longest out of anyone who's been um sentenced by his Robert Mueller's investigation so this is serious he he knows what he knows all the dirty biz so um on Wednesday he testified in front of Congress to let Congress know some of that dirty biz but a few disclaimers um he he is still part of that investigation, and because that report hasn't come out, they don't know if, like, how much he revealed he was also maybe holding some stuff back, because, like, he, he, like, um, legally can't because of the investigation, which is still open, so it's like we're getting a, this is not, like, a full Gossip Girl reveal, this is, like, a quarter Gossip Girl reveal where we got some of the gossip, but... This we're not. This is not Dan Humphrey. Okay, we don't know that he's Dan Humphrey yet, um, or Gossip Girls Dan Humphrey. So I'm gonna break down a couple of big things that he said during the, during the testimony, and. I want to say that all of this information pretty much came from Time Magazine. If you're looking for some extra information, they have a great article, it's called like 13 most something shocking moments from Michael Cohen's testimony in front of Congress, and they break it down really nicely. I'm going to try to do that because I love Time Magazine, but I'm not Time Magazine, so if you want to check it out, I definitely would. So m- the one of the big moments from the testimony was that he said that Trump had talked with him uh, during a meeting in the Oval Office about reimbursement for hush money he paid to keep um, porn star Stormy Daniels from talking about their affair. So, like I mentioned earlier, he was sentenced because he had paid off, or yeah, he paid off women. Um, but this he says that Trump reimbursed him after he was in the Oval Office. So this is the quote. In February of 2017, one month into his presidency, I visited President Trump in the Oval Office for the first time, and it's truly awe-inspiring. Pause for one moment. Michael Cohen, no one cares if you found the Oval Office awe-inspiring. That is irrelevant, my dude. Um, back to the quote. He's showing me all around and pointing to different paintings, and he says to me something to the effect of, Don't worry, Michael. Your January and February reimbursement checks are coming. I't do know if Trump said it like that, but I thought it was funny. Um, so he's basically saying that um, Trump said while he was president in the Oval Office, I'm going to pay you back for when you paid off that woman um, for having that I had an affair with uh, allegedly. So this is what Michael Cohen is saying happened, and before you say like, oh, well, you know he did just he mentioned reimbursement checks, but did he mean like maybe he was reimbursing him for some lemon tie takeout? You don't know their lives. He sub- co submitted to Congress two $35,000 checks that he said were given to him to reimburse him for the payments. One is signed by Trump from his personal account, and the other is signed by Donald Trump Jr. from the trust that owns Trump's business. So, he does have physical evidence. The problem is, it's not like Trump wrote... To Michael Cohen, purpose, hush money on the check. So, like, yes, he has these checks with evidence, but there is that doesn't necessarily core, like prove directly that that's what tr- Trump was paying him for. But this has really big implications because it, it means that Trump was potentially... Like, if, if Trump did really terrible things with ca- campaign finance, he can... That could lead to something. But if he was doing, like... Shady things with money while he was president That would have even bigger ramifications And Michael Cohen said that this happened When he was in the Oval Office But then again, we don't know if any of this material Is actually going to turn into anything More on that later So, another big moment Is that he said Remember that time he went and lied in front of Congress He said that Trump And Trump's personal lawyers Were like reviewed and edited that lie in front of Congress like he was not in charge of he like what he said in front of Congress what he's implying is that that was doctored by Trump and that that was um created like that wasn't just him lying to Congress That that someone helped him construct that so he didn't provide any further evidence on that and that actually might not like have any implications for Trump because it's still Cohen who went and lied in front of Congress, so it, it it probably won't hold Trump legally accountable, but I just thought it was interesting, because maybe Cohen was a puppet, and somebody else was pulling his strings. Um, oh, I just got that l- sweet, sweet low battery notification, <laughs> so we really are, it's probably, yeah, I'm gonna have to use my phone at some point, so, um, Another important moment was that Trump has routinely lied about the values of his business property. So he's inflated his business property values to look more wealthy and also to get more loans. But he's also deflated his assets so that his real estate taxes are lower. So he's making it look like, yes, I'm a little bit richer, but not rich enough for you to tax me. And Cohen said, it was my experience that Mr. Trump inflated his total assets when it served his purposes, such as trying to be listed amongst the wealthiest people in Forbes and deflated his assets to reduce his real estate taxes. And the evidence that he did submit were statements of financial condition from 2011, 2012, and 2013. And Cohen believes that these these conditions were or that these um, documents that showed the the financial conditions were inflated and because they show like sudden fluctuations in Trump's network net worth. So he's he's got a lot going on there. Um, and then the big one for me. OK, there's a there's two more big moments. Um, and then I have a, a spicy quote, which I thought was really funny. Okay, so Trump ordered Cohen to threaten people roughly 500 times. This is, these are Cohen's words. He said that Trump asked him to threaten or intimidate people who had potentially damaging information, and when he was asked about how many times, he initially responded quite a few times, and then when he was pushed further, he said Trump probably asked him to threaten people 500 times in the 10 years that he worked for Trump. So he also gave. um, uh, So he he gave Congress a letter and a tape recording of him threatening a Daily Beast reporter, which uh, Michael Cohen, you know, you're already going to jail. I don't know if you should be submitting to Congress tapes of you threatening the press, but, you know, the president does it on the daily. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Trump um, and the last. So that that's a big deal like that. I mean it's it seems like a big deal, right? But it's not a big enough deal. We need something truly shocking at this point to actually impeach Trump. Like, yes, he yes, he he got Cohen to threaten people for him, but Cohen was Trump threatens people on the re, like on the regular on his Twitter account. It's not enough. Um and then this one was really interesting because Cohen said Trump is a racist in private conversations like none of this is surprising right like we all know that Trump is is a racist like I don't understand why that's up for debate but it's it's just nice nice to hear it confirmed it's nice to hear that someone who knows him and has known him for 10 years is like yeah all of you people who think he's racist you're right so he said and I have to substitute a word I have to substitute the word poop in here because I am on public radio so he said Mr. Trump is a racist. The country has seen Mr. Trump court white supremacists and bigots. You have heard him call poor countries poop holes. In private, he is even worse, Cohen said during his opening statement. He once asked me if I can name a country run by a black person that wasn't a poop hole. That was when Barack Obama was president of the United States. And while we were once driving through a struggling neighborhood in Chicago, he commented that, the on, that only black people could live that way. And he told me that black people would never vote for him because they were too stupid. And yet I continued to work for him. So not only did we get confirmation that he was racist, we got some specific quotes of just disgusting racism and the problem is he doesn't have this on tape right and not that it would matter because no like trump could literally say the most racist thing and republicans would be like how dare you attack your president in his own home um so it really it, it, it apparently racism is not enough in this country i'm i'm not surprised but it's nice to have it confirmed by someone who knows him and here is my my favorite piece of information so this is like not related to Trump being impeached but I just thought it was funny Cohen said that he wrote at Mr. Trump's direction to threaten his high school his college and the college board which administers the SAT not to release its grades or SAT scores like on one hand yikes but on the other hand what a big mood like Trump did so badly in school that he had to get his personal lawyer to threaten the college board. You know there's a bunch of college students out there that wish they had a personal lawyer to threaten the college board. Not that I'm advocating for it. Like, Trump, my dude, just sign up for the Princeton Review like the rest of us. Take a few practice tests. You can redeem yourself. It's okay. So, um, I think I'm probably gonna have to, oh, Okay, you know what's really funny? My computer just went from 1% to 2%. So I guess me gaining steam is powering this computer. So, what are some of the implications of this? Because I did just go into a lot of detail, but like I said, none of it on its own is enough to be like it was it was all like mildly surprising information, like if you're watching a tennis match and you're like, "Oh, claps gently but none of it was like sit back in your seat get the impeachment stick ready because it just it wasn't really big enough but I am going to present some other arguments from Barbara McQuaid with NPR she did an interview and she's a professor at the University of Michigan and seems to be very intelligent so she said I think that it could be very significant uh, it suggests, if true, that President Trump not only paid Michael Cohen for this campaign finance violation but he may and may be guilty of a conspiracy to violate those laws, but he also did so while he was president. And that, I think, brings it outside the realm of criminal and into the realm of potential impeachment. And that's important for, you know, the purists who think that the president cannot be charged with a crime while he is sitting, but he certainly can be impeached. So McVeigh is basically saying... Um, <sighs> she's saying that this is significant because it shows that Trump has been doing has been violating laws not just while he was a candidate which is kind of what the investigation is about but also while he has been a sitting president and the other big thing is that nobody trusts Michael Cohen he lied to Congress why would he be telling the truth all of a sudden and McQuaid says that you know the documents that he was he submitted were very helpful in proving his that his testimony wasn't wasn't a lie and she also says that he does have an incentive to tell the truth because he he continues to cooperate with the southern district because there's something called a rule 35 motion which is a reduction of uh, sentence so if you thought michael cohen was doing this out of the pure goodness of his heart Think again. He's doing it because he wants a reduced sentence. He knows he's going to jail. He doesn't have an incentive to lie again to Congress because that'll have the opposite effect. He'll have an even longer stay in prison. So uh, it, it, people are divided on whether or not Michael Cohen is telling the truth. And when I say people, I mean Democrats and Republicans specifically, which I'll get it, Oops, which I'll get into in a second. Um, But I, I personally am inclined to think that you're that he's telling the truth. Like, he's definitely on his kind of comeback, uh, reinventing his image as a cooperative man. Tour, but there is like, if you were to lie to Congress, why would you lie to Congress again when you're already going to jail for lying to Congress? That that feels stupid to me. And Michael Cohen seems to be a far smarter man than that maybe I'm giving him too much credit so aside from the so let's talk about what the Republicans had to say because a lot of this stuff proved that one Cohen is a liar and not sorry not that Cohen is a liar that Donald Trump is a liar and that he's probably racist but Republicans actually very barely engaged with a lot of what Cohen was saying so they they basically what they what they did was they questioned Cohen's credibility. Apparently it took 3 hours into the testimony before they even asked a question about anything that Cohen had even said. So their whole line of questioning was aimed at undermining Cohen and so that he could prove so that they could prove he's a liar and prove that anything else he's saying is also a lie. And there's this really great quote from this NYT NYT, the New York Times, who am I? Off-ed, Nicholas Kristof wrote this, and he said, The Republicans argued that we should not believe Cohen because he is a proven liar. But if a proven liar would not be believed, why do these same Republicans believe Trump? After all, Trump has made 8,718 false or misleading statements since taking office, according to the Washington Post count. That's, That's really important. Like, I think it proves... I think, maybe I'm a little skeptical, but I don't even know if, I don't even know if Mueller's investigation investigation is going to be enough to impeach Trump, because like Nicholas Kristof just said, Trump has made more than 8,000 false or misleading statements. He's lied to the American people consistently, and he's still in office. I don't know if it would be enough to impeach him. Also. 8,718 false or misleading statements. How do you not have just, like, terrible indigestion over lying that much? I mean, maybe that's what's driving Trump. Terrible indigestion over his terrible, terrible lying. But that is that is an insane amount of lies over two years. To the American people, we like... I know I'm saying the American people, like, we're all, like, his subjects. But I, the whole point is the president is supposed to be for the people and... He's, he's misleading them constantly, and Republicans don't care, and the only reason that they're pointing out that Cohen is a liar is so that they can keep their liar of a president in office, in my opinion. And as for the Democrats, they are waiting for Mueller, or as some of you may say, waiting for Goodell. Ha 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 ha. Niche theater joke for those of you theater nerds listening. Um, but he the Democrats aren't doing anything until Robert Mueller's investigation comes out. They don't want to jump off of anything super quick. And they I think they understand that if Trump were to be impeached, the country would suddenly fall into, I'm hoping, not a lot of violence. But I definitely think that Trump's supporter base is very strong and that if he were to be impeached, like, he needs to be impeached without a doubt like there can be no sort of waffling can't be impeached for something small it has to be for something that shows overwhelmingly a betrayal of the quote unquote american people so i think house democrats are being very cautious when they say that they're waiting um i think they're going to pursue a lot of different lines of investigation so i don't think we should hope for anything on that front also unrelated note my my computer is now to four percent battery does someone want to call steve jobs i'm very confused so in short this is a lot of information and it definitely was not 14 minutes so i apologize um in short cohen's testimony definitely confirmed a lot of things that we thought that trump is a liar that trump is a racist and that he definitely did pay those women off um, or it con- he he confirmed it if you believe him but at the same time it it wasn't really super incendiary it wasn't shocking or it's not enough. Frankly, it's not enough. So with that, thank you guys for sticking through my my kind of frazzled rambling. I'm running on zero breakfast and also apparently zero battery power. Um, We'll be back for the second session um, where I'm going to talk about trailblazing female journalist so please stick on um stick by if you can and um we'll be back in approximately i want to say like five minutes question mark so i'll see you guys soon thanks so much for listening